Um, so yeah, hi guys, thanks for taking the time on a Friday to come and listen to me. Um, basically based over at Nuffield Paddington, uh, work as a nutritionist there um, a day a week on a Friday and see people one-on-one um, through 15-minute kind of consults first. So members, non-members, people that come by health assessments and then my one-on-one service is around uh, you do your food diary for me and then I get to kind of know your food environment a bit. We talk, most of it's goal-driven and then afterwards you kind of uh, leave with a, a report, action points, things like that. So that's that side of things. Uh, my background's in sports nutrition, so I used to work in rugby um, and endurance sport. I still do a little bit in endurance sport outside of Nuffield um, and in fashion, um, but that's kind of one, once or twice a year before kind of fashion week and stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, most of the time now is people like yourselves uh, sit, you know, sitting for a living but wanting to perform well, feel good, uh, you know, look good um, and, and just you know, live well. So that kind of health span conversation so living well but feeling good, that kind of side of things. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll cover a few things today, but um, you know, healthy eating is quite generic, but the good thing is it's a small group, so we can take a deep dive into a few things. If you have any questions, just stop me, um, and then I can take some at the end. So the, the first part of the presentation, basically, I'm just gonna get you to think about your food environment. We'll go into things like macronutrients, we can go down the rabbit hole with single foods if you want to, but just step back and, and look at your dietary patterns. So when I work with people, I think, okay, you know, what's going on on a on a monthly basis? What do you do when you're eating at work? When you when you're eating and working from home, and when you're eating at weekend days? So I kind of separate that. You know, most people I see now have have flexible work schedule. If you don't, it makes it easier because then I can figure out what you're doing Monday to Friday in the same space. Um, so think about your dietary pattern. Under that, then you can start thinking about food groups. We can have the conversation around protein, fiber, carbohydrates, things like that. And then under that, you've got nutrients. So often people come in and they get decision fatigue straight away because they're like good fats, vitamin C, all these kind of single nutrient conversations and, and they, you know, they, they can't quite get a hold of things. So I would say start at the top first and just understand what you're doing, what you're eating. And that's the key thing for um, thinking about your nutrition. It's what, you know, what's going in regularly. I'm not bothered about the night before, uh, morning of, the consult, things like that. You know, people saying things, I'd rather know, what, you know, what do you do day in, day out? And you can, you can kind of hang your hat on uh, the three T's, as I call it. So we're having a conversation earlier about tracking calories and things. You know, interesting tool, not the be all and end all, but that's your total. So obviously how much are you eating work day versus work day from home versus weekend day? You know, how does that change? And then the type of food, you know, how, how do you construct breakfast, lunch, dinner, you a snacking person, that kind of side of things. If you haven't thought about it, it doesn't matter. But if you have, you know, what do you tend to gravitate towards? How does that change work day, work day from home, weekend day? And then timing. So that is quite a new interesting area of research is called chrononutrition. So first mouthful of food to last mouthful of food, what's the duration, the eating window, and how does that change between work day, work day from home and weekend day? So say some people that I work with come in, if they've, if they've got a day in the office and they live out of London, they, they might start the day at five in the morning and they may eat breakfast. They may be hungry or not, but they kind of just do it anyway. So step back and think, actually, if I'm starting my day at five or six in the morning and I'm finishing at nine and 10 and I'm grazing the entire day, 
you know, just being aware of that. There's no kind of like good or bad, but it's just something to think about, you know, that, that duration of eating. And how does that help in terms of your energy, your overall calorie intake and your digestion and things, okay? And then this is something that um, I got from an Irish nutritionist and it's, and it's called the triangle of focus. So when people come in, they kind of, they want their dot in the middle. They want to, they want to live, you know, a long, healthy life. Uh, the health span we talked about, they want to perform well at work or in the gym, and then they want to look good naked. They want all three. And, you know, I can, I can help you towards that, but I think there's nothing wrong with dialing in and, and thinking about what you want to achieve first to reduce decision fatigue and, um, you know, help you on your way to do that. And then, you, you know, you can change your focus. So this start of the year, I tend to see a lot of people, obviously, for body comp related goals, but they're also trying to achieve the healthiest diet or they're also trying to, you know, perform really well. So in the gym or at work or things like that. And that's where some things can fall down. So it's not that you can't do all three, but there's nothing wrong with actually picking one, understanding the principles under that that particular goal and then going from there so of course you want to be healthy you want to eat well and i help people with that but then you know the the three t's there's there's more important things in each section that that kind of underline each section and then you can kind of dive into that and have a clear focus for a few months and then that focus can change over time yeah so uh yeah the three t's what you eat regularly and the triangle of focus you know what are you focusing on what do you want to get out of your diet the kind of conversations I'll start with in, in my consults with people. Um, and this slide is just the final one to get you to reflect on your food environment. So uh, do you outsource your meals to places around here when you're working here? Do you bring food in? Is it made by your own hand? Is it made by a, a partner, whatever, housemate, um, friend, etc.? Um, and then uh, <clears throat> are you someone that eats three meals a day or little and often, five or six? Again, there's no right or wrong answer, but something to think about there and then uh, what's your eating window we've addressed that and and this kind of um, thing I bring up with people especially working in the city is uh, do you have a heads up on your evening meal so people come into work coffee crash through lunch break usually a kind of balanced plate of food at lunch they either bring in or they buy afternoon snacks here and there whatever's in the office and then they, and then they leave and a lot of them are kind of staring at a supermarket shelf and not really knowing what to get so I'm, I'm saying you know if you're going to make a change, think about what you're having in the evening. It doesn't have to be a perfect plate of food, but actually be aware of, of what you're, you're going to have or what you want to have after work and get that in, you know? And you can think about the type, the timing, the total, and, and that, that could be a decent game changer for you. Um, and then water intake is a simple one, but, you know, blood pressure cases, people come to me, they're realising they're not drinking enough. For cognitive function, they're not drinking enough. For exercise, they're not drinking enough. So however you can get it in, you know, alarm on your phone, taking a bottle with you, whatever, you know, that that is important. Your body mistakes dehydration for hunger. Um, obviously, as you get closer to falling asleep at night, I probably don't recommend drinking too much water because you don't want to disturb sleep. But you know, mostly through the day, it's 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 a huge part of. Um, I, you know, I think your environment, if you want to perform well and if you want to feel good, and it, you know, it isn't a magic bullet. People aren't getting excited about talking about water, but it's, you know, it's, it's that simple side of things as well, that liquid nutrition conversation. And then finally, we won't delve into sleep too much. I can give you resources for, for um, you know, further, further learnings on sleep. But basically, 
Um, as you get through the week, as the load comes on, and if you do miss a few hours, just be aware of how that knocks on some, some things in terms of uh, cravings, energy levels, digestion. You know, you may front load the week, start really well, in bed same time, same time you get up at work is usually the same. Um, so you might be getting whatever, seven, eight hours, beautiful. But as that slips under, if you're doing stuff, if you're working, if you're socialising, and you're at five or six, you know, think about how that changes things in terms of your food environment, what you're reaching for, what you're craving, energy levels, stuff like that. And if you're exercising, so obviously when I'm working in, in, in the gyms and things at Nuffield, people say, look, I'm training this day, and they don't necessarily account for it. So they're training, they're sleeping, they're waking up the next day, they're eating in the afternoon, and they're wondering why they're hungry. And it's obviously because they've expended more energy the day before, they haven't slept enough, and then they're kind of self-sabotaging, saying like, you know, why can't I avoid an afternoon snack in the office? And it's because obviously your, your body just wants you to meet energy needs. And, and, you know, your energy levels and your hunger levels will change if you miss a few hours of sleep, and obviously if you exercise more the night before or the day before. So that's something to be aware of. Cool, so um, we'll dive into a little bit of physiology around managing energy levels, and I think that kind of helps underpin things. Of course, I'll answer questions on specific foods, nutrients, but I think if you can learn where energy is stored in the body, blood, a bit on blood sugar regulation, you can start to you know, pimp up your own day. And then uh, unsaturated fat will go through. So that's the type of fat, the Mediterranean kind of influence there, oily fish, nuts and seeds that, that can help with health span. Um, a little bit on protein and then and then I'll finish with a little bit on fiber and, um, you know, gut health and stuff. So. So this is interesting. So basically you've got three tanks in your body. OK, I won't I won't go into too much and bore you too much. But I think with the three T's, the triangle of focus and this slide, these are the three things I want you to get out of today. Your liver basically holds fructose. So fruit, sugar, alcohol, anything with fructose written on a packet is a storage container okay and your muscles will store glucose as glycogen so all your carbs all your veg that grow above the ground anything with glucose written on a packet sugar etc is stored in your muscles okay and when you're active if you're training in the gym say with us you're at a level where you can't talk heart rates elevated you're going to be pulling from these stores predominantly okay you will use all three to live but if we if we both if not we both there's more of you if we all got up in the morning after breakfast, sorry, before breakfast, and, I, and and we did this as a meeting and we walked for say an hour and a half and I was at conversation pace and, and, we, and we all hadn't eaten, you, you know, you, you could hypothesize that actually, because it's quite a low intensity and we're walking and you haven't eaten for, you know, 10 hours or so, we're gonna use a little bit more fat for fuel in the mornings, okay? But then if we went into the gym, I got you guys all on the treadmill running hard, you're gonna start using more from, from these two, okay? And then if you think around the total and the type side of things with your food, and now you know where you know you store food, obviously there's conversations around digestion, calories, what we can extract from them, but you know, if you keep it simple at this stage, being aware of types of foods, what you're putting in, and then also depending on the day, how you can change the amount and the type of foods to then you know suit what you're trying to do. Fill the energy stores when you need them. Back off and use what you have. You know when 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 you're not uh, training or you're 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 you know you're sitting and you're trying to regulate energy levels and you're not looking for that kind of 
up and down um, and, and you know your blood sugar is changing and things so um, I hope that makes sense so that's just an example if I'm 85 kilos you know percent body fat I've still got you know roughly nine and a half kilos of fat loads like tons of potential energy you know that's why the human body if I had to fast in a room for like days on end I'd live but there's less you know three to five hundred grams in here and 90 grams in here you don't have to know exactly the numbers and you know you can't really work it out but to give you context if I'm taking an individual when I used to work in rugby big lads loads of muscle training all the time they're going to have a bigger store yeah and they're going to they're going to be able to eat huge amounts because they're turning it over they're storing it in their muscles whereas when I work in fashion lean uh you know 19 20 21 year old models not moving much low levels of muscle so their their intake is going to be drastically different you know so i'm then thinking about food certain types amounts how i'm going to kind of educate them on what to put on their plate so it has to come down to you know your body composition how much you're moving and then you can start to change around the, the total amount and the types of foods to help you know regulate this to help regulate your physiology and and your weight so final one here is just a little cheeky deep dive into blood sugar so the range there basically when you eat you're going to raise your blood sugar insulin's released from the pancreas and you're going to then store it away in your muscles and liver and your fat stores obviously over time it's the conversation around where you're storing you know the these calories and and, and, and energy and obviously there's a difference between a calorie surplus and a calorie deficit but this gives you a bit of an understanding um, and yeah if you go outside of those two lines you die but our bodies don't let us do that because you know we we have the ability to shuttle the the, the sugar away obviously if you're a diabetic different conversation but this this is interesting and i think this underpins energy levels and mood in the workplace because if you're constantly you know a, a load of emails come in or a colleague's getting on you with something or you've had a phone call and you haven't quite got your your food and your drink sorted you know you're going to be a bit on edge you might be overstimulated you might be tired digestion might be kind of firing a bit and you can't quite focus on task or you're a bit off so and when that is low if you don't eat anything your body will bring it back up into a normal range via via hormonal function anyway so so some people eat to raise energy levels but other times you know your body will use things like adrenaline that fight or flight to kind of level things out okay so it's it's just something to be aware of it's not i don't think spoken about as much as it should be this kind of stuff people obviously like to know macronutrients calories um you know good bad foods all that kind of thing but if you can understand a bit of this a bit of blood sugar regulation and a bit of uh, energy storage is you know it, it underpins things when you're trying to make changes in your diet um so yeah i've fired through that a bit and um coming to the practical side of things as a practitioner you know we're not we're not eating calories we're not talking about blood sugar all the time we're talking about eating food so then when i come to each macronutrient if i've got someone's food diary i've looked at generally what they're doing breakfast lunch dinner things like that we'll start with the carbohydrate conversation and we can start splitting things up so very simply i'll call the vegetables that grow above the ground reds i'll call the starches and the veg that grow below the ground greens and then i might change the composition of the amounts of foods and the types of foods on, on people's plates at main meal times okay 
obviously it comes down to preference what you digest and assimilate well what you have access to um, the ones in the corner i just made that term up starch proteins so they they are you know your your, your legumes your, your beans peas lentils chickpeas they have protein fiber carbohydrates and things in so they're kind of combo um, so that's just something to be aware of there's obviously more options but this just gives you a bit of an understanding and then when i'm thinking about how to you know help someone build a plate of food we might talk about okay a couple of portions of red at lunch and dinner you're going to think about your greens your starches maybe on more active days you know do you need to think about portion sizes of those kind of foods friday to sunday do you think it you know it comes in a bit too much or some people you know they're not getting enough they're not getting enough starch when they need it enough fiber when they need it um so that's something to think about Carbohydrates are four calories per gram if you're someone that tracks macronutrients and things. Um, so I, you know, I always put that in there. In terms of your fat side of things, so um, the consensus at the moment seems to be for health to support cardiovascular function, lean more towards the unsaturated versions. Okay, so you've got monounsaturated and polyunsaturated. There's a couple of lists of foods. I'm not saying kick out your saturated fat, don't eat beef, cheese, you know, don't use these kind of hard fats to cook in, you know, at this time of year. What I like to see is just the unsaturated in more often, okay? So, you know, you can get into this because a lot, I'm not saying carry around olive oil, but there's obviously foods that are quite portable in that list. Um, and oily fish and things, it, you know, I know some people don't like it. You can think about a fish oil, but then there's more products out there. There's there's these algae oil products for plant-based individuals. There's these seeds we talked about, you know, the milled big bag versions you can buy, uh, walnuts and things. So integrate some of these fats into your diet, but obviously understand that they are quite calorie dense. Yes? No, I'm just funny. I also cook quite a good one yeah, no, so that's, so it's all context. So coconut oil is useful for cooking because it's got a high smoke point. So taking a teaspoon or so, or putting it, you know, roasting something with it or frying, it's useful because, you know, it's not gonna oxidize under high heat. Whereas if you're using olive oils and things or sunflower oils and it starts smoking, that's what you wanna avoid. So saute, bit of olive oil, bit of water, keep it low, but anything you wanna blitz, you know, hard, fry, you want flavor, bit of coconut oil, bit of butter, a bit of ghee, something like that. So yeah, I'm definitely not kicking any foods out, but I see, you know, most people I see, they're heavy on the sat fats. They're, they're eating a lot of snacks and foods on the go. Christmas time, there's a lot of pastry, you know, all that kind of stuff. So how can I just shoehorn in the other side? That's what I tend to think about. And then, and then with individuals thinking about cardiovascular health, lipid profile, so cholesterol comes into that. You know, if you if you like fish, getting up to, you know, at least three servings a week is quite a smart thing to do. So salmon, mackerel, anchovies are not always a favourite, or sardines or herring from, from, you know, people I work with. But if there's a few types of fish in there that you like, you know, that, like a fillet, if you want to go even deeper, 90 to 120 gram portion three times a week, you know, nuts, maybe four or five handfuls a week, stuff like that. Olive oil go by the you know tablespoon, butter, coconut oil go by the teaspoon, that kind of stuff. Um, but the, you know the key thing is variety, and that's why I try and push with people when I work with them. You know they can get set in and just eat the same foods all the time. So can you introduce other things? That's something to think about. Um, 
you know, the avos kind of came into popularity and now people are thinking about the environment, they're kind of going out of it, but they're still, you know, they're still there. You can still use them if you enjoy them. They'll add that side of fats too. But I think, you know, the nuts, the nut butters, the, the fish, things like that, people are tending to lean towards more now. Um, cool, protein. So I think the main thing to get out of this slide, again, variety of sources, Protein helps with satiety, so it triggers your brain to feel fuller for longer. So in your main meals, can you start each of them with a protein source and then build in your other types of foods? So build in your carbohydrates, build in your fat for flavour, okay? Um, when I work with people individually, I might then assign them a kind of amount of protein for, for their goal, for their body composition. Happy to answer questions there. Um, but this is just a little bit of an idea of what you know what's in foods per 100 grams. Government recommends 0.8 grams per kilo of body weight a day. Um, I kind of tend to push more towards like one gram per kilo. So if I'm 85 kilos or whatever, 90 kilos, I'll eat 85, 90 grams of protein a day. So that's safe for me. Um, and I'll and I'll. I'll prescribe that on an individual basis. So if you came in to see me, you know, that doesn't mean I'll fix it there, I might change it, okay? So looking at that, you know, I can make up 90 grams by eating a variety of foods. So that's something for, to think about for you. Again, fine variety. It's usually the most expensive thing on the plate, so you might have to think about that in terms of when you're shopping. Um, when you go out to places, you know, the portion tends to be smaller because it's more expensive. So they're not going to be you know, adding as much protein. You're going to be getting more carby foods, which don't get me wrong, obviously delicious. But then you can factor in from taking things to work. Can you know, can I can I think about portables? Can I add things to meals that I buy? What can I add? Maybe I can add something that's got a bit more protein in it. You know, that could be supportive for hunger, uh, blood sugar levels. And if I'm exercising or this time of year, wanting to support my immune system, something to think about. And mo most people are only really a portion or two away from where I'd like them to be. And it, it can be anything. We can discuss adding more animal products. We can discuss adding more plant products. We can discuss protein powders. So, you know, there's a lot There's a lot out there. Protein seems to be in everything, you know, like Snickers bars and stuff now. It's mad. Um, so that's, I'll let you just kind of read that. I've been wanging on a little bit. So I'll let you kind of digest that. And obviously there might be a certain macronutrient that you're interested in. Um, so kind of hang your hat on that and, and, and give things a go. The 1.2 to 1.5 grams per kilo up there, um, because obviously I work in a gym environment, I might discuss a higher protein level for people that are exercising. You know, you don't have to adhere to any of this. It just gives you a little bit of a teaser. And then the pulse feeding, yes, if, 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 if you're on things and you're happy to, to eat every X amount of hours, eat around your training, we, we know it's beneficial. But for the average person, if you're thinking about, say, I want to eat 80 grams of protein and I'm working things out, I'm reading packets, I'm looking at, um, you know, various foods, just get it in by the end of the day. You know, don't worry too much about I'm going to eat every three hours, 20 grams or so, because that's, you know, unless you're an athlete and you're kind of paid to do that, it just takes a bit of admin. So the main thing is, you know, focus on the total amount by the end of the day. It helps with satiety and, um, I might raise someone's protein intake if we're thinking about fat loss because it might help people feel fuller for longer. And a lot of the protein-rich sources, people don't really tend to self-report that they overeat. 
you know, like, oh yeah, I can't wait to get stuck into a bowl of chickpeas or, you know, like chicken or whatever. People tend to naturally feel satiated eating those foods, okay? Fats, again, very beneficial, cellular health, immunity, absorption of vitamins, but, you know, they are calorie dense. So if you do have a lot of variety of fats in your diet and you tick that box, maybe just hone in and think, actually, you know, what does a portion of nuts look like? What does a portion of yogurt look like? Um, you know, what's the weight of some of my meat and fish? Uh, how much cheese am I having in a sitting? Things like that, you know? You don't have to weigh and measure everything, but that could be quite a useful thing to do because it is quite easy to eat more than you need for some of these foods, but they bring flavor, you know, and that's important. And then the carbohydrate side of things, basically uh, that term fuel for the work required when people come in and they're training, they're seeing me, we'll talk about periodizing carbohydrate intake. We might eat more on certain days, we might pull back. And that's the conversation around reds, more vegetables that grow above the ground, greens, you know, your root vegetables, your, your, your carby, starchy stuff. So if, if you were training in the gym or you're working with a personal trainer and you came to see me, I discuss things like training meals and anytime meals. So we've kind of gone down the rabbit hole a little bit. I know your food environment now. Say you self-report, okay, Friday, I come into work, brekkie, training lunchtime, rest of the day's my own. I, I, I may then kind of get you to think about, okay, Friday morning, we'll term that a bit of a training meal because you're obviously eating and you're then going off to the gym. After that, your lunch is a bit of a training meal, but then after that, everything else is at any time, you know? And, and, and what are you trying to think about? How are you looking to build those plates of food around exercise and then and then away from exercise? So. Yeah. What is the reason behind this distinction? Say again? What is the reason behind this distinction? Why we prefer starts and stuff around training and... Uh, yeah, it comes down to someone's goal. So say if they're looking to come in and, and move really quickly, doing an intense workout or something, we know that if, if you've got fuel in those energy stores, that's quite beneficial. So I might think about putting fuel or educating someone to think about what to have before exercise and after. But then after that, if someone's then conscious of what, uh, you know, so not the ones give more fuel uh, yes. immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm, so say, I'm wanting people to feel good and have energy for exercise. But outside of that, most people I work with then sit for a living. So how can you separate training meals and using that to fuel up? But then the other half of the day, you might be sat all day. So how do you change what you're eating? Do you think more about protein? Do you think more about vegetables? You know, that might be. A, a, a lower calorie, higher nutrient content based meal, but you're you know, away from your exercise. So your so your afternoon snacks and your dinner might not resemble your breakfast and your lunch around training. Yeah? So that's something to think about. Obviously it's a bit of a deep dive, but that's from a performance nutrition point of view, that's what I'll kind of think about with clients. Um cool, we're almost there. Um fiber. Look, I think there's more and more coming out about gut health. You know, there are companies that sell tests now, uh, hair, um, saliva, stool, things like that. Um, they're interesting. They're not quite clinically relevant yet. But, you know, if you pay money, if you invest in these things, you know, that's up to you. But don't hang your hat on it. And I think we were discussing earlier, the evidence-based thing at the moment is still... Uh, an elimination type diet, working with a practitioner, recording a food diary, looking at how much you're eating, talking to someone about food swaps or replacements. 
mapping out your symptoms and then kind of going back you know a month or so later and you know looking at that again so we look we'll get there with these things these tests will come but at the moment they're they're not quite there a really useful tool to start to think about if you're if you're looking to support your your gut in general is consuming fiber from from fibrous foods you know vegetables that grow above the ground whole gate whole grains um and and like root vegetables and things so i think when public health england uh, rejig their nutritional requirements and stuff they might emphasize this kind of like 30 grams of fiber a day or more um, again it's individual don't just start hammering these foods in because it will change things you know uh, satiety levels bowel movements uh things like that so you know don't go out and start eating like this straight away but just be aware of it so i put a 40 gram uh fiber uh kind of intake up there for you just to understand things so that's oats and a banana you know root veg you could use squash or sweet potato a portion of berries and then like a portion of lentils okay so and it's still that's still quite a lot of food and it's for those of you who count calories and things that's only 500 calories and that's only 125 grams of carbohydrates okay so even if someone comes in and they're like matt i want to follow a low carbohydrate diet technically that's still a low carbohydrate diet and there's a lot of in my mind carbohydrates in there and that's quite a lot of food too so it just gives you if you're eating whole foods generally you're trying to um you know push forward and 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 do well by yourself if you actually focus on real foods i know it sounds cliche but you know you you can reach satiety quite quickly and um you know it might help with energy levels and um manage the amount you eat too you know but obviously that takes a bit of admin putting that together Right, last two slides. Everyone all good? I'm kind of like firing through things, but we'll, you know, I'm keen to take questions. Um, this this is a, a useful tool. Um, I do a lot of the kind of 15-minute consults where I give my opinion on things and people want to leave with a few actionables. So um, I get them to think about, okay, next week, if you're not really too sure where to start with your nutrition and you want to improve your energy, do a bit of a breakfast trial and see how you feel. So there's examples up there of day one, what does a high protein, moderate fat, low carb breakfast look like? You don't have to use eggs and veg or low fat Greek yogurt and nuts, but that's the kind of vibe, okay? Um, You know, next day, what does a moderate across the board look like? So your porridge, your nuts and seeds, your raspberries, eggs on toast and a banana, things like that. Um, Day three, you know, what is a low carb, high, sorry, what is a high carb, low protein, moderate fat brekkie look like? So I'm trying to use everyday foods here. So toast with a bit of peanut butter or whatever and, and, you know, banana on top. So we're kind of lower protein, high carb. And day four, you know, you don't consume anything at all. You break your fast, which is breakfast at, I don't know, whenever you, if, if you guys have a flexible work schedule, you know, you can take lunch when you want. But generally, most people I consult with, they'll have lunch between the, the, these times. Um, you know, you, your first meal of the day is then midday. OK, so again, there's no right or wrong, good or bad. But this helps people grease the groove and then think, actually, you know what, even though uh, I've been told breakfast is healthy, actually, I perform pretty well without it or you know, a lot of my friends are eating a lot of protein for breakfast at the moment, but I feel I feel the best eating a carby breakfast, and that's great. So if we separate eating for body composition and then eating for health, 
and we go into eating for performance and cognitive function how can you set up your morning where i assume you're front loaded with tasks you're coming in you know commuting you're sat down at your desk you need to get stuff done and you want to eliminate decision fatigue and not think about what you're eating so you can set this up prior and you know what works for you energy levels are consistent you've prepped the food beforehand and you can stay on task digestion's fine you know all that kind of stuff so that's a useful tool to start to think about okay um and yeah you could you could do all four days next week and see see what works best or you might already have your you know your 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 perfect breakfast set up already um but some people don't so i put that i put that slide in it gets you to think about it Yeah, cool. So if we go back to that slide here and think about the tanks, you know, the Friday evening, you've got the opportunity to, to start putting some in your muscles and your liver. So if you're having more of a carbohydrate-rich dinner, you're going to be stocking up. So then in the morning, if you like to wake up later, obviously have, have more of a simple uh, snack or something that could be liquid nutrition-based. So it clears through your stomach and, and it's in there and it's ready. So you could go anything from, you know, a, a, a kind of DIY smoothie or shake. And then if you've got, yeah, if you've got more time, you could maybe do fruit um, and, and, a, and a bar or something or a small bowl of cereal or whatever. And then if you've got more time after that, have your whatever porridge, English breakfast, you know, ha- however you want to do it. So like you said, if you do have that three hours, eat a balanced meal, two hours or one hour, just keep it as I'd call it a semi-solid brekkie. And then liquids would be, in, you know, before that. Some of the girls in that that have like a full out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, look at, like, and I mean, like, an hour before the game. Or yeah. they have, like, 8 o'clock and have, like, a savage banana. Like, hey, yeah. it's, it's a real skill. Some people are, yeah. uh, have have the ability to digest and assimilate food. Like, when I work in, when I used to work more in endurance sport and ultramarathons and things, you've got these guys and girls, you know, eating burritos while running oh. you know, <laughs> on, like, a mountain. And, and it is, it's a trainable skill or you're just born to assimilate food really well and, and you have to practice that. But like you said, if you can grease the groove with, you know, what works for you and, and eating earlier, then great. Like when I used to work in rugby, some of our best players would be eating pancakes, Nutella, syrup, you know, things that when I go and teach at schools, you know, parents are things go mental at. And I'm like, oh, by the way, these professional rugby players, this is what, you know, so they, but they, they're used to it. They train their bodies and they go out and they perform. So similar to you guys, it's about kind of personalising it. I think on that hockey day, the night before gives you the opportunity to get a good, you know, substantial dinner. And then the next day, if you push for time and you want an extra hour of sleep, you know, you've got some energy in the tank. And now you're talking about fats. Do you think, you know, people put like apple cider vinegar in their water in the morning? Do you yeah. think that's worse with fats? I wouldn't really know how to measure the outcome of that. Yeah. It's the same with like lemon water, but really... If someone's drinking a glass of water first thing, I'm pretty happy with that. So, like, continue. You know, if it makes them feel good, I'm all about, you know, healthy habits. So if you're if you're doing that and that's knocking onto you, exercising, prepping your food, you know, great. Um, I think there's some people I work with that do, you know, the time restricted eating so that so that so they 
close their eating window and they have a bit more time away from food. They might have a green tea or they might have lemon water or whatever, and and they and their stomach feels better. So we might do that, but I won't put it down to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a, it's a, you know, it's potentially a tool, but I haven't seen any, anything like groundbreaking in that side of things yet. Um, yeah. Can I ask a similar question along the lines of that? Sure. So um, I do body pump on a Sunday morning and I'm still trying to decide if I should be eating breakfast beforehand or not. From a fat burning perspective, should you eat before? Um, I think again, it, it, you want to turn up mm-hmm. and you want to move well, you want to burn calories yeah. and feel good. So I'd rather you go in having the energy to perform well and then the rest of the day you can then manage how much you're eating and, and think about that from a, from a kind of energy intake and expenditure point of view. Or if you want to go in and you don't eat as much, just just ease back on the intensity. Yeah. So what I've said there is, you know, if you can talk, if your heart rate's at a level where you're not absolutely flat out hammering yourself, you know, you, you then don't need as much energy. Mm-hmm. So you could go to that class, half your breakfast portion, mm-hmm. and the, the instructor will be like, go, go, go. But then you're actually like, actually, I'm going to go 50%. I'm gonna take my time, yeah. and then you know mm-hmm. you're not you're not reaching that point where you're you know you, you have a bit of a kind of wobbly mm-hmm. episode because you haven't got enough fuel. Yeah. So it can go if you are gonna you know eat less or restrict food before, mm-hmm. just just slow down mm-hmm. um, and and move for longer. Yeah. So there's a lot of times that people are coming in using the gym and they're like you know look in the mornings, um what can I do? You know some people very simply just you know conversation pace in a class or on a treadmill or whatever and they're just moving 30 40 minutes sweating and then brekkie after yeah. whereas if they're like look i've got a pt session and he he or she you know hammers me i really enjoy it yeah then you know they might want brekkie before mm-hmm. so it's kind of different yeah. focus on different days i think mm-hmm. and, and that's something to to look at really yeah yeah i wonder if i've got a bit of a psychological as well that i'm actually yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But that can happen because those classes are all about like lights on, you will hammer yourself. Yeah. Whereas actually, I find people that I can get in the best shape, they they do a variety of exercise so that they can do the low and slow, do the high intensity, do the movement, sit in a sauna, whatever it is. Yeah. And they can have, and then that means I can, I can increase or decrease their food and then they're not absolutely wiped out. Whereas a lot of people will say, okay, I'm going to hit this amount of food every day. But some days you, your exercise might be through the roof and other days you might be sat in front of the computer all day. So you can then start to change things a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that's about, that. that's interesting. And if you take the tanks, that's something called metabolic flexibility. So you can move between burning fat, burning carbohydrates, exercising, taking back the control. So obviously, you know, these classes, they sell like a, you will, you, we will smash you. Yeah. And you can't really maintain that mm-hmm. unless you're, I don't know, like early 20s and working like part time and like sleeping 10 hours, you know, so, yeah. which is like great. But people I see then, you know, that's not, mm-hmm. that's not, they're not the kind of people I see. So, yeah. you know, hammering yourself when you feel good is good. Yeah. But when you don't, just, just back off the intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, so the final, the final slide, guys. We've gone through the intake and uh, this total daily energy expenditure, again, is quite interesting because it's like, what you know, what, what are you burning on a daily basis? Again, you're not going to know down to the calorie, but your BMR, your basic metabolic rate is if you all sat in that chair all day, what you're burning to live. OK, so obviously gender makes a difference. Weight makes a difference. Muscle mass makes a difference. Um, but 
you know, the, the energy hogs, your brain, your digestive system, your liver, your muscles, I don't know, say, say I sit here all day, I burn whatever, 1400 calories. Then thermic effect of food. So when you eat, your metabolic rate goes up because of because you know you're 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 using energy to digest foods it's hard to track but that's in there and then your thermic effective activity like we spoke about there some days you might be coming and training you know Nuffield tell me to say hopefully at the Nuffields um and and that's planned exercise right because obviously we're Londoners and things and and we're hectic we're running to Paddington or whatever there's spontaneous exercise so you're moving a bit you guys coming down here more steps not something you usually do on a Friday and then obviously your neat which is you're walking taking the stairs instead of elevators me standing up now doing the presentation instead of sitting standing up on the phone you know that's all adding to it so again if you're thinking okay you know what's my day like on a monday am, am i ticking all of this is my energy expenditure high or what's my day like on a thursday actually i'm just i'm just burning energy to live i'm commuting and i'm sitting all day mm-hmm. so that's when you can start to think about changing things up if you need to you know if you're if you're eating for for uh, body composition or if you're if you're generally eating for energy levels and you can't quite get it right just step back and think actually you know how much am i moving and, and where's my most uh, you know, uh, day where I'm where I'm expending the most energy, and then where's the day when I'm not? And it's hard to track. Like, where, you know, wearables give you a little bit of data, but it's never going to be completely correct. But you'll know, you know, when you're moving more and when you're not. So there are a few things to think about. Um, and again, we can dive into foods, but I think when it comes to nutrition, the other side isn't discussed as much. You know, the expenditure side. And we don't have to get lost into the type of training, but this gives you a bit of an idea and you can kind of hang your hat on. When am I doing planned exercise? Am I getting enough steps? Am I sitting all day? And then how can I change the composition of my main meals, my snacks in relation to that? Or how can I add? You know, people come in, they want to, they want to build muscle, they want more energy, they might need more on certain days, okay? So it isn't always about restriction. Uh, yeah, that's it. So, um, yeah, keen to take questions if, if you guys have any more. Um, and then, yeah, we can go from there. Cool. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.